We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday august 2nd 2022 yes ladies and gentlemen i am back if you missed me i feel sorry for you because most people probably didn't i'm jacob westendorf i'm your host on the pack a day podcast you can follow me twitter on Twitter at Jacob Wester from a little rusty here. And I'm joined tonight by my more handsome counterpart with a brand new house, a brand new studio that frankly at this point, cause it's not completely done yet. looks a little bit like a prison cell. Uh, Jacob Morley, are you on like work release? What's going on over there? Yeah, it actually is a prison cell. I've uh, been meaning to get this out for the last couple months, but I have been locked up. Just kidding. I was going to tell a joke, but I got no jokes, man. I got no, you know, like the Michael Scott thing where he's like, sometimes I start a sentence and hope I find myself along the way. That's literally what just happened in my head. But dude, I'm so happy that you're back though, Jacob, because you're the best host I've ever uh, recorded with. And it takes the pressure off of me of having to host and, <laughs> and having bad jokes like that come out of my mouth every other minute. So welcome back. Return of the Dwarf. We're here for it. We're not joined. Ross, you know, Ross is a diva, man. Ross is hard to nail down. He's a he's a popular guy. He's got stuff going on. He's got things to do. So he's not here tonight with us, which is unfortunate because he was actually at camp first. Yeah, f- with his own eyeballs. Famous people are hard to keep track of. Yeah. Famous people are hard to keep Very track hard. of. What can I say? And Ross Hollywood. Ross does that every year. Uh, he goes to camp the first week or so every year, and he's been there for a while, especially now as the overlord for Packer Report. But even before that, I know he was doing some stuff for, uh, oh gosh, what was the task? John Crockett, when Crockett was in camp for the Packers. I know he was at camp for that, just to throw out some names. So it is kind of cool to see that. But yes, I am back. As for you making bad jokes, I will say any joke that references The Office is a bad joke. So kudos I'm to that. Two. Um, I'm 0 for 2. 0 for 2. For two, so I'm sorry. One of my more controversial takes is that The Office is trash. Uh, so I apologize to the cult following that The Office has because I've learned it's it's very they're very upset about that when I say those things. Uh, but that is how I feel. But that is not why we're here, guys. We're here to talk Packers. I have not done that in quite some time. I always around this time of year take a little bit of sabbatical uh, for creating content, especially with some of the stuff that's that's gone on this year and is 
continuing to go on here as we get into September. My son is due in one month and 22 days. I just kind of take the opportunity to clear my head a little bit um, and and get ready for, for another season because once that starts, I'm usually full throttle. Uh, this year might be a little different. Two kids instead of one. You guys that have those, you understand certainly what that is like. But I am sleep deprived. I am one day removed from a trip to New York. I was at the new Yankee Stadium this weekend. Got to see Aaron Judge hit a home run in person. That was always fun. And it was my first new trip. So anyways, that's what I've been up to. Not that any of you care. Uh, so we'll get right to it here, Jake Morley. It is the middle of camp here, and we've got a few things you want to cover. I, I was just going to say, it's funny. I had uh, our pal Lambo Labo, Ben, reached out to me because I hadn't tweeted in like a month. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and he's like, are you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm great. Why, what's up? And he's like, I just, I wellness check, man. I just haven't heard from you. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, dude, there's nothing to – I mean, the hardest part of doing this is behind us. Like that month and a half span of just there's nothing going on. Like I try to take a break from Twitter – like all together, just be off of it. You know, I bop in and kind of talk Packers once a week on pack a day. But I mean, the content and the stuff we're talking about, is just so it's a barren wasteland. So, so stoked that we are actually talking ball today, man. We're actually talking football today. Like there have been Green Bay Packers on grass, throwing the football around, running around in shorts, albeit but still, we've got things to talk about, man. So I'm I'm pretty pumped for this episode. And saying they actually put the pads on today, so that was exciting. The first padded practice, which separates the boys from the Rashawn Gary, and kind of move from there. I will also say it is funny. So this is my Jacob Morley Twitter story. There was one night we were recording. I think we did a, a roundtable over at Game On Wisconsin. And we finished up and the Chiefs were playing on Sunday Night Football. And nobody takes an opportunity to troll the Kansas City Chiefs, quite like uh, Jacob Stack here. And we're in the middle of talking. And we're just kind of going through, like, basically watching the game together. And he stops me in the middle of it and goes, I'm way too distracted. I've got to go. i got to fire off some tweets. <laughs> I was just like, that's I thought he was kidding. No, I really was. He was serious. That's he when they were bad. That's right when they were bad him. for, like, five weeks. Remember that? At the beginning of this year, they just they couldn't true, win a game. Yeah. And so I was having the time of my mm-hmm. life. Knowing full well. Knowing full well they were gonna they were gonna be just fine, you know what I mean? And they were, and they were, and they should have played in the Super Bowl. They didn't, but they probably I, should have. That, that's where my, that stick of me tro- trolling Chiefs, like they don't even take the bait anymore. Like I thought, I put constructed a really great troll the other day after Sammy Watkins said that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. I was like, man, you know, Tyree Kill talking about how Tua throws a better ball. Sammy Watkins talking about how Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Like, What's up with all these ex-wide receivers that just hate Patrick Mahomes? He must be a terrible teammate or something. Nobody even took the bait. There was one guy that was just like, shut up. And I'm like, that's it. I only got one. So I might I might have to hang up the, the troll the troll hat. I might have to give up my bridge. Or try it elsewhere. I've tried it with Aaron Rodgers, and I still get people pretty oh, upset with dude, me. Dude, that's go, that the rough. thing about it is that is why. I successfully troll Chiefs fans so well is because they're very similar to Packers fans. You cannot say anything about Golden Boy, anything negative, and they come at you hard. So, sounds about yep. right. Sounds sounds about right. So let's get going and uh, let's talk. Jake, like I mentioned, uh, the the pads came on today, which is always a nice first step into getting into real football. With all due respect to these guys, you know, when you're in helmets and shorts. Anybody can look good in their underwear. 
you know, well, maybe not me, but you know, anybody on a football field can look good in, in a helmet and, and shorts and that's it. You know, when you start putting the pads on, that's what separates guys. And you could start seeing the difference and there just, there just is, you know, I can't think of any off the top of my head of guys who just shined in shorts, but then once the pads came on, you never heard from them, but I, I know there have been plenty. There just isn't a specific example that comes to my head, but we're about a week through camp. Today was practice number five. They will practice again today here on August 2nd. They'll practice Thursday. And then family night is on Friday, which is always fun. I tried to take my family to that last year and then it poured down. Rain. It always does. So all of us, I feel like and it always, it always rains on I family. Knew that. I was it and I was hoping it wouldn't because my daughter at the time was just a shade under two. And then we all kind of looked at each other and said, uh, no, not a chance that this is going to work. Um, so we didn't end up doing that. We ended up going elsewhere uh, and having a pizza. And then I think we had just watched family night in the hotel room and kind of went from there. It was, it was a lot of fun. The experience was cool. I can't wait to do that with my whole family. But that is the schedule for the rest of this week. And then in a couple of weeks, you'll get uh, the Packers in a joint practice against the New Orleans Saints. I will be tentatively scheduled now to come up there and hang out with Paul Brettel, uh, the newest member of the Packers Wire. Congratulations to Paul on that uh, promotion, if you want to call it that, um, or you just call it a new opportunity, whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm not trying to throw any shade or anything at, at Paul specifically for that. I just don't know what to call it. Um, but they have their five practices in so far. So the first question, we just have three things we wanted to go through real quick tonight. And the first question we had, uh, and we are going to say this, you know, moving into, as we kind of keep going through these things here, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are the two low-hanging fruits for the question specifically. And you'll kind of understand what those are as we, as we get through them. But the first question I have for you, Jake, is what is your most pleasant surprise through the first week of camp here? I think a couple things, you know, come to mind immediately. You're pleas- I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that Elton Jenkins is ahead of schedule. I'm pleasantly surprised to see tweets from like Andy Herman that Kaylin, Kylan Hill looks really good in his rehab. So like that stuff is, is nice to hear because you don't hear anything about these injuries in the off season. And then it kind of is just like a tidal wave of information when they kind of get into the building. So those are two pleasant surprises, but as far as, you know, performance on the field, uh, the Rico Gafford kid, the guy, they, you know, four, two, two speed transfer, you know, uh, I guess switch positions from wide receiver to corner he has really been intriguing to me, and I know uh, Andy. You know, Andy was just talking about him yesterday, and I I agree with everything he says. You know, the the not only the play on the field is really exciting, but you start thinking about everything he could offer for this team, and especially in the NFL, where a roster spot is such a valuable spot to be able to stash some of these guys. If Rico can come in and be your fifth corner you know, be a, a kick returner, be a core special teams player. You know, he might be a guy. And when you talk about pleasant surprises, I'm not saying I think he's going to be like cornerback. You know, he's not going to unseat Eric Stokes as the outside corner. I'm talking about a guy that's just going to ha- add a ton of value to that room if he even makes the team. And another guy, I know you we're only supposed to pick one, but I do want to stick with the cornerback room. And someone that I was really high on last year as a rookie that just – nothing ever really materialized. Some of it was opportunity. Some of it was, he just probably wasn't ready. Uh, was, you know, Shamar Jean Charles, the corner at Appalachian state. Uh, he was his, his film at app state in the slot was really good. 
Uh, he looked like a really heady football player. He looked like someone that maybe isn't the athlete that can play on the outside. And I think they figured that out kind of his rookie year when they were trying to place him. Um, but, you know, all things considered, it looks like he's kind of carving out uh, a role in this defense in year two and, and could potentially be someone that could be relied upon to play in that, that's that nickel slot position for this defense. Um, if, you know, if the opportunity presents itself on game day. So, you know, there are two guys that one kind of came out of nowhere and two was someone that I kind of had my eye on hoping they would take a little bit of a jump. Um, and it, it seems like they, they have. Um, so that those are two guys that I've been pleasantly surprised about. Um, sorry for taking two. I hope I didn't take one of yours, Jacob, but who's, who's your guy? Yeah, when you talk about John Charles specifically, too, that's a position that is open, right? I mean, we talked about the top three corners a lot with Alexander Stokes and Rasul Douglas, but injuries happen. They're inevitable. You know, MVS used to always say this to me, and that is the NFL has a 100% injury rate. Maybe that doesn't hit at the cornerback group, but if it does, then they're going to need somebody to step on the field. Or if they go with one of these dime packages, it's not like in the past when they had a guy who we felt we had a pretty good idea that was the guy that was going to be on the field with a guy like, you know, Henry Black. And I know he didn't play that well, but he was the dime guy, you know, or Channon Sullivan's not here anymore and, and just all of those things. So John Charles, that's that's interesting. Keyshawn Nixon is the other guy who's kind of in competition for for that spot. So I'll be interested to see how that battle kind of plays who's, out. Especially who's the other kid here's, from the other Bisaccia guy that was getting reps as like safety three. They just signed him. That's Darren Levitt. Yeah. And I know Sam Hallman has, has been a really big contributor or proponent of him being a contributor on the team this season. So that'll be on the safety side of things. That could certainly be a dime back as well. It just kind of depends on how the Packers want to do things. And they may not play as much dime. I think one of the things that is interesting as this season starts and progresses is we really don't know how Green Bay wants to deploy their personnel. We used to always talk about, you know, does Green Bay only play one linebacker because of preference or because of personnel? I think the answer under Mike Patton was certainly some combination of both. I think they thought their linebackers stunk. I think that's certainly possible. And they've overhauled that position completely. They gave a big contract to Devondre Campbell, and they spent their highest pick in the first round this year on Quay Walker. So I think you're going to see a lot of, Two linebacker stuff this year, uh, unless, of course, Walker's not up to the task. But early in camp, what I am most pleasantly surprised about, he's a guy who he's more in the green dot in practice, which I think is a pleasant surprise. There aren't like splash plays. You know, he's not pick sixing against Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. But Andy Herman has pointed out he made his stuff in the hole today on a run play, quote unquote, uh, which how much of that? There's no live tackling and all that stuff, obviously. But I'm excited to see his sideline to sideline speed. You know, I think one of the bits of analysis that I've always kind of tried to push back on is whenever somebody says a position doesn't matter. And I know over the last couple of years, Packers analysis has been based largely around defensive line play outside of like a star and linebackers quote, not mattering. Uh, And I just, I think that you've seen over the years where teams have targeted the Packers weaknesses. And that's, that's basic offense, right? Like, Hey, this guy stinks target him. Well, the Packers have had those issues in the middle of the field for a very long time. And instead of having issues and being like, hoping that you're okay with Chris Barnes next to Devondre Campbell or hoping even, you know, even before the days of Devondre Campbell, you're talking about like Blake Martinez and, and Oren Burks, or even before that, like the Nate Palmers and Jamari Lattimore's those days are gone. They've got actual, 
legitimate players or guys they think are legitimate players, at least in the case of Quay Walker playing in the middle with Devondre Campbell. So I'm excited for him. Um, not exactly the way I would have used the, the first round picks that they had, but not because of the position that Walker plays. I just thought there were other guys that were available at the time. That doesn't really matter at this point. That's who's here. That's who's on the roster, but I'm excited for him. And I mentioned the defensive line play. So I'm kind of cheating like you did and lumping them all together, but I'm excited for D line play as well, because there was a lot of talk today about Jerron Reed uh, breaking through on a few things. Kenny Clark is a legitimate stud and he's been playing next to average to below average guys for the majority of his career. Like Tyler Lancaster was a starter that played significant snaps last year. Uh, trash can full of dirt, Jack Heflin. Like that was a guy that people were saying could get snaps. TJ Slayton was a fifth round rookie, got a decent amount of snaps. And Dean Lowry had a really good year last year, but he's really just kind of been a dude for most of his career, had a good year. But now instead of that, now you've got Devontae Wyatt. You throw him in here. You throw Jerron Reed in here. TJ Slayton with that second year jump. And Dean Lowry's here still. Packer fans and pundits and such keep trying to cut him for no specific He's reason. He's so good. He's so good. Why do people want to cut him? He had such a good year. He legit. He had a really good year last year, and I know he had a bad year the year prior to that. And I think once – I've said this a lot. Once a narrative starts that you're not good at something, it takes a really long time for people to get right. Like I remember very vividly standing in the end zone of a playoff game in 2016. It was a Giants game. Devontae Adams was the best receiver on the Packers during that run the table season. Like just from a sheer talent standpoint, he had passed Jordy Nelson by that point, maybe not by sheer production on the field yet, but as a player, he had passed Jordy and in the stands, they were still calling him drop Vontae rock hands. Like it was just common knowledge that he still stunk. Like it just took a while. And that's Devontae who turned into the best receiver in the NFL. Now, Dean Lowry's, if Dean Lowry's the best defensive lineman in the NFL this year, the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl and the other team's not scoring any points. But I'm excited for that. I'm excited for not having to worry about – I mean, if Kenny Clark goes down, it's not a good thing. But, like, last year, Matt LaFleur said when Kenny got hurt, like, he got sick to his stomach. This year, it feels like Green Bay could stomach – no pun intended – a, a Kenny Clark injury. Not that I want one, not that I need one, not that anything like that. I don't want anything like that, but they have actual players up front and they're not going to get their ass whipped by some physical team that comes into Lambeau and just says, okay, we're going to ram it down your throat 30 times because you have Kenny Clark and have no interest in stopping the run at all. You're just hoping to kind of play small and then they're just going to get beat up that way. I think the Packers on defense, especially I worry about the offense in this way, but I think the Packers on defense can win in a variety of ways. You want to play big, they can do that. You want to play little, they can do that too. And and I think that'll be interesting to see the way that they do those. With surprises come disappointments. My wife often tells me I am a disappointment, so I understand exactly how that feels. But Jake, what is your disappointment, concern, whatever you want to call it here early in camp? I think, yeah, the low-hanging fruit is Christian Watson. We already mentioned that. like, And not because we're disappointed in anything other than we just want to see the kid, you know, we just want to see him out there. And, you know, it is, it is, it's hard to point to a rookie that was injured early in camp and then came in and was able to have a, a really good rookie season. I, I can't like Clay Matthews is like the only guy I can really think of off the top of my head. I know he had that. He was dinged up for most of his rookie training camp. And then came in, and I think it was like the Vikings game where he just ripped the ball out of Adrian Peterson's hands that people are like, oh, he good. 
that boy good, you know, and uh, we'll see. Chris, and that's not that's not to say that is not to say Christian Watson can't have a really impactful rookie year. It's just you know you want to get those guys on the field. Um, but as far as you know, just disappointing guys, um, I think you look at the offensive line. I thought everything you know, we heard with Royce Newman, we heard that he had kind of put on a bunch of weight and it looked like good weight and all this other stuff. And I don't think he, he hasn't really, he hasn't really flashed the way I think you'd want him to. Um, and, and both these guys super early, like Sean Ryan too, is another guy that I think is going to be a really, really good football player. And a lot of these guys, you just don't know till the, the pads really start popping in real live action games, but we just haven't heard a lot from him. Yeah. You know, just like what's going on with him, good or bad. So maybe that's not a bad thing, uh, but he's someone that I thought probably could take that, that one of the guard positions and just kind of, get a stranglehold on it and not give it up for 10 years. Um, and we haven't seen that yet. So that's a little bit disappointing, but as far as like guys are just like straight up, like, ah, they suck, man. I thought they'd be good and they stink. I don't think that guy's really on the team right now. Right. Like there's been no one that has come out and just really, really struggled uh, with anything. So um, I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a huge disappointment. It's more just things like that. Right. Where it's like, you know, it, they're not maybe taken off as soon as I, as quick as I thought they would or, you know, or whatever it may be. So there's no real major, major disappointments on this team for me, at least not yet. Um, but I'm sure there will be <laughs> talk to me week 10. Right. And uh, there'll be guys that you're, you're probably disappointed in, but that's just the nature of the beast. But as far as, you know, the first week of camp, I think a lot of these guys, especially these young guys or new guys have kind of proven that they belong. Now, even like Sean Ryan, who I brought up, um, he has not proven that he doesn't belong. He has not proven that he's out there, you know, with his head spinning or with the famous Ron Wolf story. I forget about what, I forget which wide receiver it was, but basically in the first week of camp, him just looking at the coaches and being like, well, whoops, <laughs> he stinks, you know? Um, so I don't think there's anyone that's that that's happening with, but those would be my guys that I would mention so far. Just as far as guys, I I might preface it as saying, guys, I'd just like to see a little bit more out of. I'd like to see more. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, my disappointment, and it's tough because it's not Bakhtiari's fault, um, and I know that's been suggested. I've had people I know suggest that maybe he's not tough enough to get back on the field and he just needs to slap a brace on it and go for it. That was before we found out it wasn't just an ACL injury. There was more to it. And that's the first time that Brian Gutekunst and anybody ever really publicly admitted it was more than just an ACL. I think he's just had a bunch of setbacks and, and again, through no fault of the player, it's just a crappy situation and it sucks that he's injured and we're 570 plus days removed from Bakhtiari tearing his ACL, an injury that you can argue probably cost the Packers at least, I'll say one Super Bowl trip on the conservative side of things, at least one Super Bowl trip. And not just that, he's a highly paid player to the point where if God forbid he's not able to come back this season, it's not like they can just cut him. That's not something that they're going to be able to do. That's part of the restructures and, when you talk about pushing money into the future and everything like that, this is one of the potential downsides to that is that if something doesn't work out, then you can't just move on from that player the way that the contract was normally structured might be. So that's just one thing to to think about uh, when it comes to that. But it's just unfortunate because this is a, a Packers offense that, hey, newsflash, guys, I don't know if you've heard, but they lost Avante Adams. So, and from a skill talent standpoint, I know it's like things that Packers Twitter likes to dunk on as far as the narrative and everything, but it's not a very talented skill group. Like Robert Tunyon is coming off an ACL injury. I know he led the league in touchdowns a couple years ago, but is he a really talented, like create separation for himself tight end? I don't know. And coming off an ACL injury, I really don't know. DeGuerra is just a guy. Tyler Davis is somebody they're excited about, but what, what is he? I don't know. And Mercedes Lewis is a sixth offensive lineman that'll catch a couple passes in the red zone and maybe fumble away a playoff game. Uh, uh, why did you say that? Okay. That hurt. Yeah, that was disrespectful. That hurt. But, but Mercedes Lewis isn't going to make any big, big plays in the passing game. They're not they were rolling. They were rolling, Jacob. Oh. Uh, they oh, were unstoppable. If, if Mercedes, I thought they were going to drop 50. They're going to drop 50 on the Niners. Oh, Mercedes doesn't fumble. I think they would. But that's where we're at. The receiver side of thing, Sammy Watkins is an alien, maybe. He thinks he is. What is he as he a receiver? He's I, an alien. What is he as a receiver? I have no idea. What is um, 
Alan Lazard. I know that's the guy who's getting a lot of hype. Rogers made the joke about him being a hall of famer. I don't know. And Randall Cobb is, is Randall Cobb. And that's a nice thing to have for the 10 games that he'll be healthy for. And that's, again, this isn't disrespectful. It's just things that have happened over the course of time. And Christian Watson and Romeo dubs are rookies. Amari Rogers is a guy who didn't look like an NFL player at one point last year. Their skill position group is lacking. Their best players on their skill groups are their running backs. But in order for them to lean on their running backs, both as pass catchers and in the running game, the group ahead of them has to be better than what they were last year. And I know we talked a lot. Yosh Diamond, not a good run blocker. And I also think the Packers kind of told you how they felt about him when they benched him for Billy Turner and Dennis Kelly in a playoff game. And not only, not just that, but with Bakhtiari out, if he's as good, if the Packers thought he was good as Twitter does, there is no rotating with Zach Tom at left tackle. Yosh Nyman is the starter at left tackle if they thought he was that good. I don't think they do. That group in front has to be better than they were last season for this Packers offense. They need a really good to elite level offensive line, again, with that lack of skill talent that they currently have. Now, something crazy could happen and change, and they could trade for Calvin Johnson out of retirement tomorrow. Who knows? It's crazy world we live in these days. But Bakhtiari not being able to play as of yet, and maybe that'll change. We have some time yet. But if Bakhtiari is not able to go, and Elton Jenkins isn't able to go early in the season, you're talking about two all-pro offensive linemen that cannot suit up, and you're starting theoretically from left to right. If you went with today's first group in the offensive line, it was Josh Nyman at left tackle, Runyon at guard, Myers at center, Jake Hansen at right guard, and Royce Newman at right tackle. How many of those guys are you comfortable right now saying solid starter? Not even good, solid starter. I think the answer to that question is maybe John Runyon. And that's it. Josh Myers, we don't know if he's any, he played seven games last year. We have no idea if he's any good. Royce Newman didn't play any snaps at right tackle during the regular season. We have no idea if he's good out there. I know he struggled at guard. So that doesn't necessarily lend well to him playing right tackle. Zach Tom's a rookie. Sean Ryan's a rookie. Rasheed Walker's back. He's a rookie. I am incredible. This is, should be the number one storyline in Packers camp. And I think the Packers media did a good job of covering it and making it as such, instead of just talking about receivers, 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 because the NFL isn't played like fantasy football. Got to have those guys in front of you able to protect your quarterback. And especially Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old. It's just reality. Like one of the reasons Brady has been able to play as long as he has is one, his mind works really sharp. He gets rid of the ball really fast, but he's well protected. Can the Packers protect Aaron Rodgers like that with that group? I don't know. And with a group that they say, well, just get the ball out of his hands quicker. That's a lot easier to do. Matt LaFleur said today, the number he gave was 80%. He said 80% of their passing concepts went through Devontae Adams because Adams' ability to create separation in the blink of an eye like that. So my, what am I disappointed in? I know I talked a bunch about skill positions, but it's the offensive line because I just don't know who's going to play in that group. And I... To their credit, it has worked, but I hate the way the Packers play musical chairs on the offensive line in the preseason. I want that group to find continuity, especially the guys that are going to start. Last year, they did that competition all the way through the last week of the preseason. I hated every second of that competition and shuffling guys around because we had no idea who was going to start week one until week one was here. Let's say, so, you know, the, the thing with that, though, is the, there is an answer. There is an answer on the roster, right? And maybe – Maybe the Packers are lucky enough to have both of their all pro offensive linemen not rip up their knees 
you know, maybe they're lucky enough to get one of them. Just even one of those guys back is going to solidify that two of them back. I mean, your bookends, you feel a lot better about it, obviously, if you have Bakhtiari left tackle and probably out in that right tackle, um, unless Zach Tom can just be good enough to stick at right tackle. And then you say, all right, our best five, our best five are, are that without that left guard still, but or right guard, whatever. But yeah, you're, you're right, man. And, and the thing with the skill positions too, yes, the, the, the skill positions are exciting, right? It's exciting. It's, they're easy to get excited about because I don't think it's a stretch to say this year's skill position group top to bottom, top to bottom, keep that in mind is more talented than last year's, you know, instead of MBS and EQ, you you have, you know, have Dobbs and Watson. Like that's fun because those guys are just obviously oozing with potential They're We don't really know what they're going to be, but they're athletic. They're young. It's exciting. But when you're talking about in your offense, in the NFL, talking about guys like Tyler Davis and Jawan Winfrey, that's not good. That's not good, man. Like neither of those guys have shown anything in the NFL. So uh, we'll see. You know, we will see. Those are questions that needs need to be answered. But yeah, um, there have been some dis. Well, yeah, some dis. I guess that's a that's a that's kind of a an interesting way to look at it when you say dis. You know, disappointing. You're not really specifically talking about play on the field. Just kind of what's going on. What's going going to happen with that positional group? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what happens as we continue to get through this. But let's end on a positive note. And by positive, I kind of mean self-promotion here. But Jake Morley, take a victory lap. What's something that's happened early in camp that has you kind of feeling yourself about a take you've made? Yeah, I know. There's nothing like a one week of camp victory lap, right? Like this, no way this ends badly. Um, but, you know, I one, I really liked Romeo Dobbs coming out of Nevada. Really liked him. Really liked him as a Packer. Thought he was a great fit in this offense. Thought he was an absolute Packer type. And uh, he's making me look smart so far. But another guy, and this is a victory lap for literally anyone that's paid attention, is Zach Tom. There has never, I mean, this is this is one of the wildest things I can remember. Everyone knew that Zach Tom was going to be a Packer. Like, just everyone knew it. Like, you look at everyone's mock drafts, it gets to the fourth or fifth round. If Zach Tom was sitting there, literally everyone just clicked it because they're like, he is such a Packer. He fits all, he fits all, he fits, he checks every box that the Packers like. He's going to be a Packer. He's going to be good. And so the victory lap, I guess, with him is even before camp, it's just kind of one of those things that's like mini camp was weird because they had him at center and guard. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe, I guess they just maybe view him as a center or guard. That's fine. I think he'll be good there. Um, I would have liked to seen him get a look at tackle. And sure enough, training camp rolls around. They have him at left tackle. They have him taking reps with the first team offensive line. Obviously, that's because Bakhtiari and Jenkins aren't there. But even so, the fact that they trust him enough to just be like, hey, we think this highly of you to at least give you a shot here and give you a really, really long look. And I just think, man, I just think he's going he's gonna to play in right, left tackle, right tackle, guard set, wherever it is. He's just not going to lose reps often, right? And – a guy that was like that was Bakhtiari when he came in. Is that If Zach Tom, if you had to start him at right tackle right now, what would that look like? You would probably have a guy that's really good in pass protection, but that really is lacking in the run game. Who does that sound like early in his career? That's Bakhtiari early in his career. You know, so, and Bakhtiari 
got that let got that tackle spot because of injuries. Kind of the same thing. An opportunity that was in front of him. They they stuck him out there and he just didn't lose. And now he's an all pro potential Hall of Famer. Um, so I'm not saying that's going to be Zach Tom, but if you get some var- variation of that to like an above average offensive lineman in the NFL, I know we are spoiled as Packers fans, Jacob, because we think good offensive linemen just grow on trees and you just go get them. That's not the case. The Packers are just really, I mean, it's the fact that the Packers did lose two all pros on the offensive line last year and were able to be as successful as they are. That is something that cripples, cripples nine out of 10 teams in the NFL, losing that many quality offensive linemen. The fact that they were able to still roll out competent groups on the offensive line is, is, is really, it's, we're spoiled. If Goody can hang his hat on one thing, it is the fact that he has really been good at identifying offensive line talent. Uh, Zach Tom looks like, you know, another guy that he may have found um, to be able to kind of plug and play somewhere on this offensive line, or heck maybe be someone that can back up all five spots, be your top backup at all five spots, which essentially in, in today's NFL, if you're the top backup at five spots, you're probably going to start 12 to 14 games in the NFL, just because that is just how many, I mean, guys just miss, miss time. It's just, that's how it goes. Yeah, they talked about it a bunch. Remember 2014 when the Packers had that offensive line group where Balaga missed one game and that was it. The rest of the group played all 16 and they played them all together. Like that was it. That's rare. And I think that one thing that Brian, the biggest compliment I think that I can give Brian Gutekunst is what you mentioned, his ability to find offensive line talent and his trenches are always restocked. He's drafted three offensive linemen each of the last three years to just kind of find those guys and try and find a guy here or there. And and I think that, you know, Tom could be one, Sean Ryan's another one. Uh, And we'll see what happens. Rasheed Walker was a guy who the consensus on the internet, at least was that he was a, you know, middle round fourth, fifth round guy. He ended up being a deep day three pick. We'll see why maybe he ends up sticking on the practice squad for a while, but good accountability to find guys on the offensive line. And I know it drives people nuts because they always say, well, what do you need that many linemen for? Well, let me answer that for you guys. Last year, the Packers played all 10 offensive linemen that they rostered at some point. Like literally all 10 of them played snaps last year and not by choice. Like it's not like the Packers were throwing dudes out there in blowouts and stuff like that. It was not by choice. So I'll be interested to see how that all shakes out, especially with Zach Tom, him playing and rotating in at left tackle. Like I said, I think it says, Some about him, some about Yosh Nyman, um, but also like really more about him because he's a rookie fourth rounder that they're willing to put in there with the first team offense on, you know, one of the first couple days of camp. That's not nothing. It's not everything, but it's not nothing either. My victory lap, call it nepotism, call it whatever you want. I really don't care. It's Rashawn Gary. And he is the guy who is absolutely destroying practice while he's there. He has now gone viral with a meme, which is important for the internet culture teenagers that are out there, uh, and has a now a gif after him where he's standing next to Kenny Clark, kind of raises his eyebrows a little bit with that goofy smile that he has. Um, but it's a guy who you're looking at this Packers team now kind of going into, we've moved on from the Super Smith brothers, right? Zedarius Smith plays for some poverty franchise north of the Wisconsin border at this point, but we've moved on from the Smith brothers. So who's the next great? Packers pass rusher and you saw it last year it was a that Packers playoff game and it's unfortunate that it got lost in the shuffle the way that it did but that game was an I've arrived game by Rashawn Gary a sack a massive fourth down stop I believe he actually had two sacks in that game now that I say that and 
we're not talking about some scrub offensive line either. Like that is the San Francisco, the big bad bully San Francisco 49ers that Rashawn Gary was the best player on the field for that went, game for probably he went toe to toe with Trent Williams, who many consider the best offensive lineman in the national football, the game. best left tackle in the NFL. Yes. The best offensive lineman in the NFL is Trent Williams. And I agree with that sentiment and Rashawn Gary beat him. Not all game, but like they battled, they battled. He's a rock. Trent Williams doesn't battle. Trent Williams dominates. Right. So like, that's, that's impressive. He's, he's arrived guys. And I remember draft night. I remember all the tweets. I remember all the stuff. And I will be the first to tell you, I was not overly thrilled either, but I am telling you right now, August 2nd, 2022, you can stop talking about Brian Burns. Not because he's not a great player because he is, but Rashawn Gary is going to be better this year. He was better last year. And he's going to be better this year. And I know it takes a while for narratives to change because Gary didn't play much his first season. His second season, he took on some development. This year, he's going to take off. And don't be surprised if he's on maybe not a short list, maybe not three to five guys, but in the top 10-ish of Defensive Player of the Year type voting. You know what I love? Because I think Real he's, quick, he's going to be Real quick, before we close this out, one thing I love about Rashawn Gary so far early in his career, everything. Well, besides everything, he's shown up in big games. Like he does not, you know how some guys kind of, they, they shy away from the moment. He is not that guy. And that is what I think this team has lacked to a certain degree. The last couple playoff runs, they have kind of, they have kind of quivered in the moment. I think Jair is a guy that loves the spotlight does well in the moment. I think Rashawn Gary is another guy. And when you start getting guys like that, you start piling guys together like that, that's going to be the culture of this defense is we're instead of being good enough. Like that's something I've talked about the culture of the defense being for years that, Oh, we got a rod. So we just need to be good enough. No, 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 no. We're going to be the reason that we win. These and it's games. not, and even if that's not it's true, it's not fake either. It's not fake tough. It's not like, and I don't want to throw shade at the guy that's playing in the purple now. But I think there were times that it was a little bit of fake tough. It's like, okay, well, go out and do it. Raheem Morris is still running. He's still running. Mostert, because Morris is a coach. I don't care. Morris is probably running yeah, too. Your, your point is <laughs> both of them. Both of them. Hell, you could have put Raheem Morris behind that group in that playoff game, and he might have run for and a while. Who are running at? Who knows? Yeah, they're running, and you know all those guys, all those guys, and that's a. Yeah, that's yeah. it's a hard to put that on one guy, but from, still, from that's kind of to my point where it's like, give, give me, give me the M effort that's going to get in someone's face. I don't care who you are, I'm gonna let you know that you're not doing your job, and I think Rashawn is gonna be that type of guy, so I'm excited. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and I'm excited for him to wear the captain's patch and for Zedarius's, uh cryptic tweets that will probably follow from that. But I'm excited for him. I'm excited for this edge group as a whole. I think Preston Smith is somebody that, man, remember not that long, where would the Packers be without Preston Smith? Remember when all of us like quote unquote knew that dumping Preston was the smart thing to do. And then they didn't. And everyone thought that was stupid. And he was the Packers best pass rusher last season. Maybe. Well, (laughs) there's certainly a discussion to be had with him and Gary for last year. And he outlasted the other Smith, which went healthy. Yes. Darius Smith is probably a better player, but it was just time for him to move on. So I'm going to be interested to see how this plays out, but I know, I don't know how the season's going to go for the Packers. I know that I've, I've talked about this a lot. Uh, my optimism level is not where it normally is for the Packers at this time. Um, you know, my Super Bowl aspirations for this team, probably not where a lot of yours are. Uh, but I, I do think that this Packers defense will be better. Are they going to be great? I don't know. They've never been great. You know, with this group together has never been great. And the Packers defense hasn't been great since 2010. And I don't think there's a season where you could throw it out there and say like, oh, they were great that year. Like they might've been good, but you know, like the Seattle year, I remember the 2014 Seattle year. It's like that defense was good, but great defenses don't blow 19 point leads. I don't care how bad the offense played in that game. It it just doesn't happen. So, and in order for this Packers team to win a Super Bowl, I think the defense has to be like great top five ish, maybe like slightly below that. I just don't know. Like that's lofty. That's asking a lot for, a group that's never done it. So we'll talk more about that. We'll keep going. I am back uh, until my son is born. So when that happens, that'll be kind of an abrupt exit for a little while until maybe we get a little bit of sleep around this place. But I appreciate everybody who's listened to this show. You can follow us at Packaday Podcast. You can follow Jacob Morley. He's at Jacob Morley. And you can follow me. I am at Jacob Westorf. It's August. The Packers play a preseason game 10 days from today as you listen. So that's exciting. The summer of future draft capital, Jordan Love, is about to get underway. And we continue to watch as, you know, see who makes this team. One thing I feel pretty confident about, and I'm going to get this out of the way now, Packers players, anybody who they think is going to be a significant contributor to this team is not going to play in the preseason, and that is okay. Because I know they got blown out the first game last year. I don't think playing in the preseason would have changed that at all because the previous year they didn't have a preseason and they hung 40 on Minnesota the first game of the season. So I don't think it matters. I think it's just a thing that happened and and that's the way that it is. But that's the end of these takes from Jacob Morley, from myself and our famous friend who's too good to join us, Ross Uglum. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. We'll see you next week. know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, 
mother of three, and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.